word. I thank you for the transformative power that it contains within us, Lord. I thank you that it shapes us, it changes us, it leads us, it guides us, it provides strength, it provides answers. I thank you, Lord God, that your word is relevant and uh, it has power. And I thank you for that power coming alive in your people today as your spirit breathes upon it, Lord. And I thank you that people will be encouraged uh, as a result of sitting under your word this morning. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, um, Only a couple of weeks ago, um, we had a change of season in Australia. We went from winter to spring. Okay, I mean, that's just like uh, huge, just big right there. Just massive. Uh, Most of us put our clocks forward an hour, and it always seems like there's this great big question at uh, this time of, uh, of daylight savings saying, do we put our clocks forward or do we put our clocks back? And there's this just great big confusion. Well, here's the way I always remember. We always spring forward in daylight saving. Spring forward in daylight saving, okay? So uh, that might help some people today and it's been worth coming to church just for that. (laughs) With a change of season uh, from winter to spring... Many begin to do jobs that they put off during winter. You know, it's just dark, it's cold, no one feels like doing any gardening. Um, well, I don't feel like doing any gardening, let me put it that way. All right, it's just cold. I, I don't even like, feel like going out for a run in the morning. Uh, and during winter, it's just, um, it's just cold, you know, and dark. For us personally, for Jane and myself personally, um, we, our garden needs much attention uh, weeds have grown up, and it al- almost seems like that the spring flowers are now cheering on the weeds. You know, yes, go those weeds. You know, it's just, it's just what it seems like. You know, um, so Jane uh, has come up with a list of, of things uh, uh, that we need to look at, and and both Jane and myself will work on those things. We'll, we'll focus on those things as we move forward, like windows needing cleaning, uh, some dusting that needs to happen, rooms that we don't normally use in winter, we'll just open those up and air them out, maintenance of squeaking doors and fly screens, painting of some outside areas, new seasons, veggies need to be planted, and then weeding in the front and the back gardens, all that sort of stuff needs to happen. We call this spring cleaning. That's what we call it. We call it spring cleaning. With the changing of a season comes a refocusing of our attention. This happens in the natural world, and at times I think that it needs to happen in our personal world as well. There's this time where we need to pay attention to our own lives and do a spring clean in our own lives as well. And the text I'm going to be uh, sort of speaking out and, and using as a basis this morning is 2 Chronicles chapter 29, Verses 1 to 11. And this is what it says. It says, Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became the king of Judah, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. In the very first month of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He summoned the priests and Levites to meet him at the courtyard east of the temple. He said to them, listen to me, you Levites, purify yourselves and purify the temple of the Lord, the God of your ancestors. Remove all the defiled things from the sanctuary, 
Our ancestors were unfaithful and did what was evil in the, law, uh, the, the sight of the Lord, our God. They abandoned the Lord and his dwelling place. They turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors to the te- temple's entry room and they snuffed out the lamps. They stopped burning incense and presenting burnt offerings at the sanctuary of the, uh, the God of Israel. That is why the Lord's anger has fallen upon Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread, horror and ridicule, as you can see with your own eyes. Because of this, our fathers have been killed in battle and our sons and daughters and wives have been captured. But now I will make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. My sons, do not neglect your duties any longer. The Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him and to lead the people in worship and present offerings to him. This passage tells us that Hezekiah did what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. What was it that Hezekiah did that actually pleased the Lord? Well, Hezekiah purified the temple and the people. In other words, Hezekiah's had a spring clean. And that's what he's done. He's refocused the nation of Israel on the things of God. He's reopened the temple. He's relit the lamps and, and relit the incense. He's, uh, he's encouraged the people to engage with their duties, to stand in the presence of the Lord and to minister to Him. He's encouraged the people to lead others in worship and present their offerings to the Lord. And uh, Hezekiah's embarked uh, on this, this journey himself and he's led the people around about him on this journey of a spiritual renewal. Hezekiah refocused Israel back to God. And sometimes we can be like the people of Israel. We can lose our way, we become lost in the journey of life, or we get out of alignment, and we lose our focus, and we get distracted. Anyone here got, get, get distracted really easily? Oh, look, a bird. You know, oh, there's a squirrel. You know, it just, it's just, it's so easy to get distracted. Psalm 6 verse 7 says, My vision's blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. That sounds to me like there needs to be a refocus. Uh, only recently... Um, Jane uh, had to, to go to uh, the, the optometrist to, to get her uh, glasses redone because her eyes had adjusted and like they just um, needed to be fixed, the glasses. Yeah, two yearly thing. Yeah, that's it, the checkup. So, you know, so she had to get her glasses readjusted because uh, to make it easier and more uh, provide greater clarity when she's able to read stuff. Gun owners are, are the same thing. Uh, gun owners, uh, they need to get their sights checked uh, every time they go out to use their weapons. Uh, the sights on their guns need to be refocused if they're to be accurate in their shooting. As part of the Mount Barker Business Group, I've also learned that businesses do this regularly as well. You know, the, the hospitality industry will refocus their menus uh, to reflect seasonal produce and tastes. They change, so they, they redo their menu and, and they, they look at the whole thing. Leaders in business will refocus their goals and their priorities for a new financial year. Our cafe even will be looking at in coming into uh, to summer in providing more uh, salads and stuff rather than the soups that we've enjoyed during uh, the winter period. They'll be looking at doing those things. It's a, a natural part of doing what you do when the seasons change. Businesses will look at their products and ensure that they are cost effective. Changes recently to legislation and the grants that are currently available 
in the solar battery industry okay, has required that some businesses in that particular area have needed to restructure the way that, that they do business so that they can more effectively meet the needs of consumers and also the government requirements in making those sorts of things available to people. And if they are to remain competitive and have a cutting edge in those fields, then they need to refocus what they're doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it, and who they're doing it for. And as a church, we ourselves are refocusing ourselves as we move into an alignment with Hope Church. So if businesses and churches and even families find it necessary to refocus ourselves from time to time... Are we as Christians really any different? There comes a time, seasonally sometimes, where we need to look at the things that we're doing, why we're doing them, if we're still doing it with the same passion, if we're still uh, on board with what God's doing, if we're still following our Lord and Savior. We need to look at ourselves in those areas. And it says in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 out of the Message Bible, it says this, that keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Because sometimes there's an, uh, uh, because of life and stuff that happens in life, we just get off track. And we just need to bring that alignment back. We need to refocus ourselves so that we provide that clarity. See, gun owners, they, they refocus their sights each time that they go out shooting. They, they use what's uh, something that, that, that's called a crosshair in a, in a scope. Okay, on a, on a rifle, generally, you'll have something that's called a scope. And inside the scope, there's called crosshairs. And what uh, the shooters do is to have that crosshair firmly fixed on the target, and they make adjustments to, to focus on the target. They do that because they want to be accurate. They, they need to be accurate. And sometimes they'll foc- refocus their, their shots after or before each shot. Okay, they need to refocus their, their scopes before each shot. And why is that? Because the distance to the target sometimes changes. The wind direction sometimes changes. There, you know, there, there's a, a whole different thing that comes into play when you're, you're shooting at targets. So our lives can be like that. You know, sometimes, uh, as a gun can do, you, you knock a gun and it will put the sights out and they need to be readjusted. Sometimes we take knocks and we need to be just readjusted. You know, that just our sights get out of alignment. Some stuff comes in out of left field. We didn't expect that, you know, and we just need to realign. We just need to refocus what we're doing, who we're looking at, and make sure that we're focused on Christ. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 out of the Message Bible says this. You crazy Galatians. I love the Message Bible. It's just... Sometimes it just says it really so, so well. It says, you crazy Galatians, did someone put a hex on you? Have you taken leave of your senses? Something crazy has happened, for it's obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your lives. His sacrifice on the cross was certainly set before you clearly enough. Just incredible words from the Apostle Paul to the Galatian church. See, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but we have an enemy in our lives whose sole purpose is to get our eyes off of Jesus. He will bring stuff along our way. He will cause things to happen that that gets our eyes off 
of Jesus. And we need to be savvy to that. We need to be wake up to that so that we, when those things happen, we can recognize it as a ploy of the enemy to get our eyes off of Jesus. And we need to say, you know what? I'm not going down that road. I'm going to get my eyes on Jesus. What does God say about what's happening right now? What does God's word say about what's happening right now in my world that I need to get my, uh, my, my focus refocused on Jesus? So have we lost sight of God this morning? As we're talking about spring cleaning, just a new season, maybe just need to, to bring in a realignment for our lives. Have we lost sight of God this morning? Are we only seeing what God's not doing, not what he is doing? See, if we're only seeing what he's not doing, we think, well, God hasn't answered that prayer. God hasn't uh, you know, fixed that bill up. God's you know, he's just not doing this stuff. Well, we just need to realign ourselves. What is God doing? Well, you're still breathing. Surely that's a good start. You know, you, we live in a great country, a great neck of the woods in the Adelaide Hills. We live in, a, in the lucky country. I prefer to think of it as the great Southland of the Holy Spirit, but you can choose to call it whatever you want. It's cool. Have we lost our focus? We, we must refocus as people. From worry to worship. From the past to the present. From fear to faith. Just refocus. Just refocus. We need to refocus our attention from the problem to the promises of God. I'm not saying that we deny that we've got a problem on our hands, just that the problem doesn't dictate to us what our response is going to be. Or that we use the problem actually to go to the promise. We have such an amazing God who has the power to do impossible things. Impossible things. God can do the impossible. With man, these things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. They are possible. How, how about we bring our focus back to Jesus once more? We refocus from the negative to the positive, from the earthly to the eternal. How about we refocus on our character Rather than our comfort. Giving should become a clearer thing for us in our vision. Rather than simply getting all the time. The focus should move us from me and mine to us and Christ. Opening up our world to the people around about us. Who are good doing like Christiane spoke of this morning. You know, ups and I'm so pleased that we have a worship leader that's honest. I don't know about you, but I think that in authenticity and simply being real, it provides us all with an opportunity to say, you know what? It sounds like Christiane's had a pretty tough week. I've had a tough week. If she can worship, so can I. I want to look at two people in the New Testament that had broken focus and then had to refocus. You ready for that this morning? Okay, number, number one, the first person we're going to look at is found in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. Now, I'm not going to read that this morning, but what it is, it's the story of Peter where he walks on the water. 
Okay? They're out in the boat and they're out there and the waves start to really, you know, storm kicks in and the guys are starting to panic and all of a sudden they see this person walking on the water and they recognize that this might be a ghost and then Jesus cries out and says, no, no, it's not, not a ghost, it's me, Jesus. Hey, boys, just come out to hang out uh, towards the boat. And then Peter says, look, if it's you, really you, Lord, then call me to come out on the water to you so I can walk on the water and just be with you. So that's what he does. Jesus calls Peter out of the boat. And Peter starts to walk on the water. We know this story. Most of us know this story. You know, he walks on the water. And we think, man, that's a great thing. But then what we remember about the, Peter walking on the water most of the time, not the fact that he walked on the water, we all remember that he sank. Tell me if I'm wrong. What we remember about that story is not the fact that he walked on the water, but the fact that he started to sink. He, he got his focus distracted. One minute he's looking at Jesus, the next minute he's being distracted and he starts to sink. Two things happen when we lose our focus. Number one, fear takes hold. There's this, there's this fear that I'm, I'm not going to make it to Jesus. I'm walking on the water, I'm, a, I'm ahead of the curve here, but we look at the waves, the size of the waves, and the storms coming in and crashing in around about us, and that's what sometimes happens in life. We get this assault almost, like it's this, this bombardment of bad things happening, of bills arriving in the mail, of, of health challenges, of financial challenges, of relationship challenges, of things aren't going right, you know? It just seems like, anyone ever, you felt like things, when things went wrong, it didn't just happen one thing wrong, they always come in threes. Is that true or not? You just, you're up to number two. You're waiting for the third one still. You've just had one thing. Oh, I've got another two things to come. Number three, you know, you're on the third thing. Well, oh, praise God I've got. Now then there's another wave. It just seems like that's how it is sometimes, isn't it? And sometimes that, when that happens, fear comes in. And you start to fear the things that are going on in and around about your world. See, and that, that, when you start to look at that, it's no wonder we start to sink. See, that's the second thing that happens. We begin to sink under the weight of our problems in life. When we lose our focus, fear takes hold and our problems gain weight in size and power and, and, and over us and we begin to sink. But I want to tell you this morning, God never intended for his people to live in fear and to go under. God never intended for you to have that happen. When we focus on him, when we focus on his word, on following his Holy Spirit, it says in Deuteronomy 28 verse 13, if you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today and you carefully obey, in other words, if you focus on God, if you focus on his word, on the promises contained in his word, then the Lord will make you the head and not the tail and you will always be on top and never at the bottom. I don't know about you, but... You know, the Bible says that uh, the enemy, Satan, bruised his heel, is it? But Jesus crushed his head. The devil is under my feet. See, it's amazing that as long as Peter's focus was on Jesus, he was walking on the very thing that was causing the problems for the disciples in the boat. He was walking on the waves. But as soon as he lost his focus, 
he got swallowed up in his problems. And that's how it, it just happens. It just, you know, it just bombarded. Well, we've got to find a way of refocusing ourselves back on God. The second person I want to look at this morning is found in Mark chapter 5, verses 25 to 34. And this is the story of the woman with the issue of blood. The story is that Jesus has been approached by Jairus, who's a synagogue leader, a leader in whatever he's doing, and his, his daughter is, is really crook and, and on the point of death. And, and so Jesus is walking with Jairus to, to go to his house to heal this, his, this man's daughter. And along the way, he's intersected by this woman who's had this issue of blood for 12 years. See, the, the whole point of her life has been about focused on her health. Focused on getting to the next doctor, to the next hospital, finding enough money to find that there's this, enough money to get healing for her issue. Okay, so that's been the complete focus of her life. But then it tells us in verse 27 of that passage that she heard about Jesus. So then she started to make Jesus the focus of her life. And she started to find out about him. Here's some of the stories around about. You can read it in the Bible, you know, a bit of creative license, okay? But there's some, some areas in there that point to the fact that when she was going towards Jesus, that she was going to lay hold of the hem of his garment. There are other times before when she did that, that she heard about that people who held onto the hem of his garment, they were healed. Now, she may have heard one of those stories. And she's thinking, you know what? I'm going to make Jesus the focus and I'm going to go through anything I need to get through to to be able to lay hold of Jesus. Because two things happen when we focus on Jesus. Okay, Number one, faith gets stirred. Faith gets stirred up. When we focus on Jesus, faith gets stirred up. We see what God is doing, what God is saying, where God is moving. Where, that God is healing and saving people. So, so the second thing is that we then rise up above the problems of our life. We're no longer in fear and going to get swallowed up by it. We're not going to sink anymore. Now our, when we focus on Jesus, our faith is stirred and we start to rise up above our problems. See, God is in the resurrection business. He's in the, in the business of raising up men and women, such as Luke this morning, raising up a young man with a great family To have a call upon his life, he's raising him up for a purpose. He's raising up leaders. He's lifting those who are bent beneath their loads. God's in the lifting business. He's in the raising up business. God is lifting up the heads of the downtrodden. Isaiah 43 verses 1 to 3 says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through the deep waters, I'll be with you. You might be going through some tough times this morning. You might feel like you're going through some waters and you feel like you're going to go under. Well, you need to know that God's with you this morning and he's not going to let you go under. When you go through the waters of difficulty, you'll not drown, it says. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you'll not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. You can be like, uh, was it Daniel in the Bible? You can be in the hottest of the hottest furnaces and everyone around about you is expecting you to spontaneously combust, just burst into flames. But you know what? 
It's not going to touch you. You're going to come out of that without even the smell of smoke upon you. In fact, the very things that were holding you bound in that season are going to be the very things that are only going to be burnt off. And you're going to be released into what God is calling you to do. This woman with the issue of blood, she focused on touching Jesus. She was consumed with just touching Jesus. Nothing was going to stop her from reaching her target. The crosshairs of her life were focused firmly on Jesus. He was the target of her life. And there was no culture, no sickness, no gender, not what the crowds thought or, th- or, or would say to her that was going to stop her from actually achieving the focus of her life and going and touching Jesus for her miracle. Nothing was going to stop her because she'd focused her crosshairs on Jesus. There's something called the 80-20 principle. What that means is that we tend to focus on the 80% of the negative stuff that's happening in our world and we forget about the 80% that's going really well. I don't know about you, but that's how I do sometimes. Yeah? I think about the people that weren't at church. You guys are okay, okay this week. It's all right. I know I'm not thinking about you at all. See, financial problems can distract us. Family challenges can distract us. Work gets our attention most of the time, and then we take it home with us. Trivial things rob us of our focus. So maybe as we start to spring clean this morning, that we do what Hezekiah did and we refocus ourselves this morning. We just do an internal evaluation. We just check ourselves. When stuff happens in my life, where do I go first? I've got a headache. Where do I go first? Do I go to the Voltaren? To the Panadol? Or do I say, God, I just pray that you lift this off of me right now? Simple litmus test. Where do we go first? Where do we go first? Who's our first port of call? Is it Jesus? Or is it the medicine cabinet? So this morning, let's do what Hezekiah did. Let's refocus ourselves. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to Voltaren, right, by the way. Just to clarify. You know, I'm just simply saying, that where did we go first? Let's do what Hezekiah did. Let's open ourselves up to God once more. Like Hezekiah, he opened up, reopened up the temple. How about we relight the lamp of God's presence in our life? We let his light come out from our lives through the, the meeting of needs in our community and our neighbors. How about, how about in, in giving to God? We, we just start to re-engage with giving to God. Because sometimes when God's not doing what we want him to do, we think, well, you know what? I'm not going to give to you then either. But how about, you know, if we just give to God? The Bible says, just give to God. How about in our serving? 
We, we serve him with every le- at every level of our lives, in our workplaces, in our schools, our universities, in our community. Uh, how about we just re-engage with serving people around about us? That's what I love about Luke. Luke's not here to, to lord it over people. Luke's here to serve with his leadership gift. I'm here to serve with my leadership gift. I don't uh, expect to be served and stuff. I just want to serve people with leadership. How about this, this morning, as we look at this spring cleaning gig, let's head into Christmas with the gift of a refocused vision for our future. How about that we head in towards the new year, already living out the resolutions we're going to make in three months' time? Why wait three months? Let's do it now. You're ahead of the curve. People have come up to you and say, what's your New Year's resolution? Actually, mine's a mid-year last year resolution because I'm still living it. I made that decision like in October when Pastor Gary did that clean, spring clean thing. You didn't hear that? Oh, it's on our podcast. You could check that out. Here's my prayer for us this morning. And I'll let the cat a little bit out of the bag with, uh, with Luke. Because I believe that this is what God wants us to do. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, in the Message Bible, it says, I ask God to make your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what He is calling you to do. That we refocus like Hezekiah did, and we do what Jesus encouraged us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Then everything else is going to sort itself out. If it doesn't get sorted out, you're not going to worry about it. Really. You can tell how how close people are to Jesus is by the level of attention that they pay to the small stuff. You can tell how someone's going in their relationship with God by how they are in relationship with each other. If the small stuff, if people just tick you off, check your relationship, just refocus don't sweat the small stuff. Pick, pick the fights. This is what I, I used to try and do with our kids when they were growing up. Pick your fights. If, if their room's not clean, close the door. <laughs> They've got to live in it. It's only when the smell starts to come out under the door. <laughs> when we start to seek God first, God will get to us what he wants us to have, when he wants us to have it, and how he wants us to have it. What are we focused on today? Where have we focused our attention, our time, our finances, our devotion? See, as the shooter gets ready to go and make their shot, it's just a slight adjustment on their scope that brings clarity to where the bullet's going to go. So too, it's just a slight adjustment perhaps, that we need to make to bring clarity to this season and to our future as the people of God. Henry Ford once said this. He said, A weakness of all human beings is trying to do too many things at once. That scatters effort and destroys direction. It makes for haste and haste makes waste. So we do all the, all the wrong things 
all the wrong ways possible before we come to the right one. Then we think it is the best way because it works and it was the only way left that we could see. Every now and then I wake up in the morning headed toward that finality with a dozen things I want to do and I, don't, and I know I can't do them all at once. And this person said to him, well, what do you do about that in those times? And Henry Ford said this, I go out and I run around the house. And when I'm running out and running off all that excess energy that wants to do too much, my mind clears and I see what can be done and what should be done in the moment. This week, some of us need to go for a run around the house. Some of us need to just run off some excess energy to bring clarity. One of the things I love when I go for a run is, is listening to podcasts. And it's in those times that I'm listening to podcasts that God will speak to me about things that God wants me to talk to, uh, the church about. I want to tell you, it's, it's rarely anything to do with a podcast that I'm listening to that I'll speak of here. It's just that it's in that atmosphere that I find that clarity that God just intrudes on me. It's not that the podcast was boring either, that I'm thinking about something else. It's just that it's an atmosphere and it's a thing that I do that I know God talks about. I just cl find clarity in doing that. What is it that you find clarity in? Is it in the moment of worship? Is it going for a drive? Is it going for a walk? But like Hezekiah, but just bringing that focus back to what God wants us to do. There's so many things crying out for our attention. Many noble, good, worthy cause, causes and things. Yet what is it that God is asking of us this week and in this season as we look at spring cleaning. Amen. Let's stand this morning.